All right. So Tim Franks, we got him coming in next. Yep. yep. Uh, you want to make this interesting? I am down for making it interesting. I got a challenge for you. All right. You and I, whoever can insert the most words about blasting or rock drilling into the conversation, we're going to keep count of it. And whoever can insert the most words into this next episode with Tim Franks will win. Okay. I'll okay. put, I'll put, uh, what are we betting? Uh, lunch. Lunch. Yep. Lunch. All right. Lunch Friday. How about that? Okay. All right. You're on. I'm it. Get ready. All right, the sound of that tractor means it's time for us to go to work. Welcome to the Give Us the Dirt podcast, powered by Hoopah Grading Company. My name is Brandon, this is Bam Bam, and we are your host. So we've got an explosive episode for you today, and we believe that today's guest is really going to blow your mind. Tim Franks, the founder and president of Tar Hill Drilling and Blasting, began working around rock drilling and blasting in quarries as a high, high school student. He eventually left quarries behind to work for a rock drilling and blasting subcontractor where he learned the ins and outs of construction rock drilling and blasting along with business management. In 1988, he borrowed $3,000 from his mother-in-law to purchase a used rock drill and started Tar Hill Drilling and Blasting. Over the last 35 years, Tar Hill Drilling and Blasting has provided rock drilling and blasting services throughout the Carolinas, adding their rock crushing operations in 2021. Tim, welcome to Give Us the Dirt podcast. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. How many podcasts have you done this week already? This will be my first one this week. This week? <laughs> <laughs> my first one ever. Ever. Oh, yes. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you came in. Thank you for trusting us to be able to tell your story. You've got a lot of fans here at, uh, at Hoopah Grading, and a lot of people are excited to hear your story. Okay. Well, I appreciate you having me and appreciate everything that Hoopah Grading does for us. Matter of fact, oh, they to work with. they uh, they sent us some questions that we're gonna get to later that they wanted to ask <laughs> since we had you in the hot seat that you so you oh, might Lord. you might have to field a few questions from some of these guys. All right, I'll try my best. <laughs> Tim, so tell me tell me so you've been in Tar Hills thirty five years now. Was it going? Yeah, almost thirty five years. So how did? Uh, I want to back up before I, we're going to definitely talk about you borrowing three thousand dollars from your mother-in-law to start it. What, yeah. Take me before that. Uh, did you grow up in the industry? Did you grow up in construction? What what kind of led uh, you down this path? My, my father had always done construction, and my uncles and you know his side of the family was always in the construction or drilling and blasting. And uh, I kind of grew up, you know, when I was real young helping them on the weekends or whenever I could around drills or going and when they'd go load shots and do stuff like that. But uh, other than that, I, you know, I working at... Uh, now, how old were you when you were loading shots? Uh, I was helping them, I mean, when I was like 15, 16 years old. What then, did loading a shot back then look like? Uh, I mean, it's... Back then, I mean, it's the same concept of... Uh, as it is now, just a lot more rules and regulations now than there was then. But I mean, did same same material, same process, same yeah. The product drill are, a hole and uh, yeah. stick a piece of dynamite in there. Yeah, your dynamite, your your fertilizer, whatever you're using. But uh, I mean, the the products have gotten better. A lot more products now. 
the and back then it was a lot of electric electric caps we were using where now it's a lot of non-electric which is a lot safer for storms coming up on you and stuff like that so Man, mainly what mainly what we use now is non-electric caps instead of electric anyway you got teenagers yes can you imagine sending your 15 year old out there to load a shot buddy there's absolutely no way i would send <laughs> any of my kids out there to load to have anything remotely to do with anybody that would be in the vicinity of loading a shot yeah there's yeah, no I'd, chance i'd be scared to death yeah things have changed yes they have yeah. have changed over the years so you're working yeah. with your dad and you're doing this and then um i mean was that your mindset all along that you were going to do this for a living i i really enjoyed being being around it and uh, just growing up i, I like doing it and i had always wanted to have my own business and if i had the right opportunity to do that so what would you have done if you weren't doing drilling and blasting was there anything else that you would have see yourself doing uh, i really don't know to be honest to you because that's, all, that's just all i've ever known it's all i've ever done i'd probably be running a rock drill from somebody you know working in a rock quarry or working for somebody else running a drill if i hadn't started my own business that's great so but, tell me about that day where you decided all right it's time i need to i need to do something on my own now what'd that look like well i i was working for another subcontractor at the time drilling a license subcontractor and uh, just decided I wanted to start my own business. So I borrowed $3,000 from my Marie Ward, my, my mother-in-law, and uh, went out and had some business cards made up. Went out uh, over to Charlotte Motor Speedway on the backside of it. They used to have auctions on the backside, and they had a, had a drill back there for auction that weekend. So took some of that money. I went and bought that drill and took it back sandblasted it put some new hoses on it painted it with some spray paint to make it look the best i could <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah went out and tried to get my first job and just kind of took it from there it went from there what an awesome story what an awesome so why your mother-in-law why'd you go and ask your mother-in-law for it have you paid her back yes <laughs> okay <laughs> are you still yeah. paying her back <laughs> no okay <laughs> no she uh no, I paid her back. Uh, my wife and I, we had started the business, uh -huh. and we borrowed the money from her, paid her back, and just uh, went from there. What an incredible story. Dynamite. Dynamite. Story. Yeah, I started the business with uh, Margaret Franks. That was, uh, that was my wife, and, and she's still, she still a part of the company, even now. But uh, we, just, we just went from there. She, she ran the office. I did everything out in the field, went and got jobs, and just almost 35 years later, it's what it is now. Tim, I love it. I absolutely love it. And what I love about it the most is you hear a lot of people in construction whose families have been in it a long time. You grow up in it, and you just know you're going to be in the business. But mm -hmm. what I love about your story was you weren't handed anything uh, when when you weren't handed a business to go run you weren't no. handed any money or equipment i mean you literally started out with a loan from your mother-in-law and yeah. one drill yeah one drill you know i learned a long time ago nobody's gonna give you anything in life if you want something you have to go get it well you are you are and that's evidence that's, of that's that. all and i mm -hmm. and i've always i've always had the mindset that 
I, and I tell people today, I, I feel like with hard work and determination, you can have anything in life. You just have to be willing to keep your head up. And a lot of ups and downs, and you just have to keep your head up and keep going. So I imagine that first little bit, those first several years, that was, that was a grind. It was a grind. It was a grind for several years. There's a lot of ups and downs, you know. You think you're doing good, and then things go to tearing up, and you spend the money, and I mean, you know how it is. I mean, a lot, lot of ups and downs in business. So tell me, what does is, what is Tar Heel drilling and blasting look like today? Today, I mean, today is, I mean, it's, uh, we run 12 to 15 drills today. Uh, we have our crushing operations. We run two crushing operations. And uh, we employ roughly 20 people. That's and, incredible. And yeah. I mean, we just. Is it, who helps you Who I, helps you run it at this point? You have, you have a at team? This, at this point, I have uh, Dave Guffey that, that helps me run the company. Uh, we have our own blasters. We, we do our own blasting now. Uh, Steven Bruner runs my crushing uh, division. And uh, as you know, I, I guess about a, a little bit over a year ago, uh, Steve Harrelson was with us. Steve was a huge part of the success of Tar Heel Drilling. Steve, uh, you know, he, he had a medical condition, had a stroke a little bit over a year ago, and since then he's had to uh, retire. But uh, Steve was, even today, we, we, we still look at him as part of the company, and he was a huge part of uh, Tar Heel Drilling, and it being the success that it is today. One of the great qualities of a, of a great leader is being able to identify people that can that fill out your team, mm -hmm. surrounding yourself with the right people. And you've done an incredible job of that. Those men that you just mentioned right there have been instrumental in the success. Um, but nobody, teach you, nobody taught you how to do that. That's what I mm -hmm. love about your story. Nobody taught you how to run a business. Uh, nobody That's taught true. you how to be a leader, how to build mm -hmm. a team, how to develop yeah. a team. You learned all that over the last 35 years. I did. Nobody taught me any of that. I mean, I just kind of, my personality, I guess, and just, 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 just learning, you know, you learn from your mistakes. You learn from your mistakes. And that's exactly what we're talking about uh, with this series, Tim. I'm so glad you said that because we're going at this a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. You hear people all the time, you can listen to podcast after podcast about people that say, do these things. If you want to be a great leader, take these steps. Here's the steps to being a great leader. Mm -hmm. But what you don't hear people talk about are the failures, the times where they've seen it done the wrong way mm -hmm. or they've done it the wrong way. Because I believe we learn just as much from those experiences as we do the good experiences. That, yeah, that's right. So you, you, I mean, part of your journey was failing. Oh, yeah. I've had plenty of failures. Nobody's perfect, but I try to learn from my mistakes. Even today, even today, I, I tell my employees all the time, I mean, you learn something new every day. When, well, when, you, when you get to where you feel like you, you're perfect and you can't make mistakes, then you're going to fail again because <clears throat> there's always something. I'll tell you something that, that I've learned over the last couple of days, failing forward. As long as you learn from it, as long as you build from it, mm -hmm. you're not failing backwards. You're failing forward. We have heard like, that three or four times yes. over the last few days. Yep. That, 
yeah, you have to learn from your mistakes yep. and, you, and keep going forward. Absolutely. And try not to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's not being afraid to fail, but if you, you're going to fail. If you're gonna, right. If you're going to start a business and you're going to take risk and you want to grow mm-hmm. something, failing's part of that process, but just fail forward. Fail forward. I love that. I think that's a, a good one. Tim, do you have do you have moments over the last thirty five years where you look back and you say, you know what, I failed as a leader? There's there. there's been times that I have questioned myself about things that I have done. Yep. And uh, I mean, uh, even my employees today. I mean, my employees that you know the over my crushing, whether it's over my blasting, whatever it is. A lot of times, uh, they can teach me something that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might have an opinion about something, but there's a lot of times they have a better way of doing things that even that I'm not thinking about. I love that humility that you're willing to take that kind of. Yeah. We heard that we had <clears throat> heard that from another guest too that we were asking. Um, it was Kristen uh, about her mentors, mm-hmm. and she listed this person, this person. And she said, "But I've got." people that work for me that are mentors to me yeah and i think that's incredible that you're willing to take that and, and constant learning and and being vulnerable to say hey i don't have it figured all out no i'm i'm open to any suggestions from any of my employees if you know, there's a lot of times that i talk to them and we're getting ready to do something and somebody might have a different idea than i do and there's been times and there's been a lot of times and it's been a better idea than even what i was thinking yeah Sometimes it just takes a fresh set of eyes looking at something. It we, does. We get hung up and looking at something the same way over the years, and then the next thing you know, somebody new comes out there on site or, or somebody different comes out there, and and they give you that that wake-up moment where you're like, oh, okay, yep, mm-hmm. it's yeah, going to be that, easier. Yeah, that's exactly right. You yeah, put that your person ego. ignites something within you. That's right, and you got to put your ego back here. You know, it's got to stay Stay at the door. That's exactly right. That's where you get in trouble if you if you got a big ego and you're not willing to listen. Even the people that, that your yep. supervisors or whether it's me, if you're not will, willing to listen to other people, you'll never learn. Right. Have you listened to podcasts? I've listened to a few of them. Did yeah. you listen to Brian's? Uh, I listened to some of it, not all of it. So one of the things in Brian's episode, he talks about uh, where he has failed as a leader and some of the times where he's been able to learn from his own mistakes. Mm -hmm. And he always says it was about people. Where he failed, it was when he didn't do enough to help someone get to that next level or to overcome the challenges that they were experiencing. That that, uh, he maybe he fired somebody or parted ways with somebody without knowing that he did everything he could to help them get to that next level. And that's what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. When we talk about how not to be a leader, there's a term that is floating around out there called quiet firing. Mm-hmm. And I know you said you've had some experience with that. Uh, a lot of people have seen that. Matter of fact, I was looking at a statistic. There was uh, 35% of uh, employees said that they had experienced quiet firing themselves, and then 48% said that they've been they've witnessed it at work. Mm-hmm. So th- evidently, this is this is happening a lot. What is quiet firing? And what does that mean to you? Well, it means to me, it means not giving your employees what they need to do their job correctly, the supervision they need to do their job correctly. And if you know, if, if people get frustrated. 
the, the employees start getting frustrated if they don't have the right equipment to work with, they don't have the supervision or the knowledge to do what they're doing. Because there's a lot of different situations that you run across out here on these job sites. And you have to give people what they need. And you have to know how to talk to your employees. Uh, I mean, I treat people like I want to be treated. And that's just the way I live life. And I think that's the way that you should treat your employees, along with giving them everything they need on the job site. Tim, you don't just treat your employees that way. You treat everybody you come in contact with that way. You've got one of the biggest hearts that I've ever seen. And well, I think that's just part of who you are. And and what a great quality to have as a leader. Have you have you experienced quite have you seen others do this? Well, I mean I've worked for people in the past where you, where it was yes. I've seen it where you didn't have what you needed to work with and you just kinda get through out on a job and or several jobs, you know, and, and people treating you like crap. Yeah. Yeah, giving up on them, and, and you know, giving up and, on somebody. And, yeah, is, that's yep. right. And and you know, and when you when you work for people and they treat you, they're not treating you right, and they're not talking to you right, and uh, it just makes you not want to be there. Yeah, this was this term. I had not heard this term "quiet firing." That was new to me. Mm -hmm. uh, I you know, obviously, we've all seen people that treat their employees bad, and mm -hmm. but. When I heard quiet firing, I thought it was more intentional, <clears throat> like trying to run somebody off, like slowly making life miserable for that person in hopes that they will leave. But that, that's mm -hmm. not what this is talking about. It's talking about what you just described is you're not giving them the opportunity to succeed. Mm. And by yeah. doing that, you're forcing their hand. Yeah. If you, got, if you don't give people what they need to work with and the supervision, like I said, or the, the knowledge, the training – how to do their job, then what I've noticed is people get really frustrated and it's just a snowball effect and the next thing you know, somebody's quitting. Yeah. Have you ever experienced quiet firing? Yes. Yes, I have. In several instances, I've experienced quiet firing. Without getting into specifics, <coughs> it's just basically, you know, if, if somebody issues a challenge of some sort and, and you just give up, you just say, I'm not putting anything else into this one. You know, we're we're done. Um, and, and and I think in a sense that that's that's what it means to me more than anything. You fired them before they even got a shot to 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 grab a hold of something and, and learn from it. And because you gave up on them, you gave up. You just gave up. And like you said, not giving them what they need. Mm -hmm. Not not just equipment, but not not mentoring them. Not not standing there with them, and and pushing with them. You know, you've got to push mm. together towards the same goal. And and that's what it means to me is just flat, just giving up on them. Yeah. If you're not on the job site and you're not keeping an eye on everything that's going on and your employees are making mistakes, then you can't give them what they need mm -hmm. because you don't know what they need. Right. Then you become that leader that's that's – fussing at them because of what they got wrong, the mistakes that were made, them being behind mm -hmm. schedule, over budget, but yet you've done nothing to help them overcome those challenges. You've, not, you've done nothing at all to help them. And I think if we, you know, a lot of times we got to look in the mirror. When it gets to that stage right there, we got to look at ourselves and say, did I do what I was supposed to do for them? Or mm -hmm. did I make it better for them? 
you know, we always say we get up in the morning and say, well, we're going to do better today than we did yesterday. Well, this is something that we can do better is, you know, put more into it. Don't don't just give up on people. Now, mm-hmm. you know, people's got to grasp stuff. They got to want to grasp it, you know. Um, but Well, and that's the flip side of this thing. And I didn't realize this. There's another term called quiet quitting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and quiet quitting is yeah. doing the bare minimum mm-hmm. that you have to do. Yep. And so to your point, people have you got to do your part too. Otherwise, yep. you become that person that is quietly quitting your job. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right. I'm sure you exactly. see that all the time too. You, yeah, you do. <laughs> you do yeah. see it a lot. And you get out of it what you put into it, don't you? Yes. You know, as an employee. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's exactly right, though. Tim, you've seen uh, you've seen this industry change a lot over the last thirty five years. Mm-hmm. What uh, what makes you nervous about where the industry is going, and what gets you excited about it? Well, what gets me excited, I guess, is is the uh, the you know the technology. The I mean, the that you see, there's always something new coming out of it. And for us, I mean, we enjoy just doing new projects and. Uh, we do a lot of close shooting around a lot of buildings and things like that but I mean I just I don't know as far as the, we just enjoy what we do I mean we just enjoy you blow stuff up yeah, you blow stuff Who, up. You we, we enjoy, enjoy coming every day to our job yeah you get to blow stuff up yeah I mean that's got to be a blast yeah. think about think about Tim going into career day at school you got you know dad's there that, that that are you know in their business suit and everything tim walks in there gets in front of the classroom and says i blow stuff up yeah and you blow everybody's mind in in the classroom <laughs> just by saying those words well we still do that even on the job site yeah. <laughs> whether it be we uh i don't know we have people all the time want to come out and pull the trigger on the shop whether it be a developer or somebody's kid or something like that do we, you let somebody come out and, and we do that sometimes yeah is it like wiley coyote tnt no it's not down? like that anymore it's just a little cord that goes in a, a cap primer goes into the device and you just pretty much just flip the trigger and bang. shoot it yeah yeah you don't really push, push the plumber uh plunger anymore that's that's not a thing. No. Fuse ain't on there. He's not down there with a yeah. with a lighter lighting a fuse and no. turn around running like we do fireworks. Yep, things have come a long way <laughs> since those days. Tim, does a blast ever go wrong? Yes, they do. They do. <laughs> they do go wrong. Yeah. When a blaster tells you that he's never made any mistakes or he's never had a problem, that's the guy that's probably getting ready to kill you. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those where a mistake can be very costly. Yeah, it can be costly. You have to, you know, do your due diligence and use blasting mats, dirt. Try to do your best you can to keep, keep fly that, rot down. Keep That's that the biggest fly thing. Rot down. So the technology, yeah. the changes uh, in technology, that gets you excited. And, and seeing new projects and coming up with new ideas and seeing different things gets you excited. What makes you nervous about where the construction industry is today or where it's going? Uh far as what makes me nervous i reckon is just uh you know it's it's hard to find uh help right now i mean i, I get nervous about that we we we're always looking for new help so the newer generation i, I kind of worry about that and yep. things like that more probably more than anything 
Uh, other than that, I mean, the economy. I mean, you're always worried about the economy, how things going to go. Yeah, and I, I, you're not alone in that. We hear that all the time. It's that find, workforce development, finding people that are interested in getting into this industry, being a part of this work, <coughs> doing the work is a challenge to most people in the industry. But I do think we're making headway with that. Part of it is the reason we've got you in here today, telling your story and seeing the success from yeah. you uh, being a 15-year-old, loading shots with your dad, to being the founder and president of a very successful company, leading a mm -hmm. team now, that there's there's a path from A to B yes. there that you can. Well, I mean, you know, as, as you know, I mean, a lot, the generation growing up now, a lot of people or the kids are like, it's computers and things like that, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it don't seem to be as many people you know, back back when I grew up and was doing it, you know, there was a lot of people in construction, and a lot of people took construction jobs, and it's just not uh, don't seem to be as much as it was back then. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's getting, uh, you know, well, I don't want to say it's getting harder. It's it, we're just having to be more creative. We're having to get outside of our comfort mm -hmm. zone and and think about how do we showcase the things about the business that we love. Mm -hmm. We haven't done a good job telling our own story, and there is there is a lot of things. There are a lot of things to be excited about with construction, with the technology, um, with you know engaging that next generation. Mm -hmm. I think the needle's beginning to move. What do you think? I think so. I think it, it, it's all about you know, what you put into them. You know, mm -hmm. what you put into them. What are you willing to, to do to train them? What are you willing to do to nurture them? In the, in the workplace, you know, and, and, and you know, a lot of people's like, well, you know, well, you know, I'm not into nurturing. I'm not going to babysit. Well, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about putting time and effort into building somebody where they need to be. Mm -hmm. and, and you know, a lot of times we get we get hung up with with supervisors, and, and you learn from bad supervisors. You learn basically how not to be because you know mm -hmm. I've dealt with that before, and I've seen. Yeah. You know, people pit uh, different shifts against one another by creating competition and stuff like that, and not work towards the same goal. But the bottom line is, is, is this group that we're pulling in now, these this younger generation, needs nurturing. They need to be, you know, taught. They they do because, and it, and it goes back to what you run into is what you just said. If somebody's not happy with their job and you're not training them, training them properly, then they become unhappy and they're kind of trying to, it gets to the point to where they're trying to divide, divide the company up. Mm -hmm. yeah. yep. You know, you, you, they're wanting everybody on their side and pitting this, this group against this group and you just can't let that happen. You have to give them the proper training and, and, and the tools and the supervision uh, or, and if you don't, it turns in exactly what you just said. Right. So we've talked about how not to be a good leader. It's safe to say that the practice of quiet firing is a good way to be a bad leader, right? That's, uh, have you experienced other things in leadership? This leadership thing is trending now. We talk about it. I don't know what it is, but you hear about leadership all the time from people in our industry. And I think what's happening is 
people are realizing that the way that we used to do things and the way that we used to run our businesses and lead our teams doesn't work today. You can't get by with the same tactics and the same way of doing things that we did for so many years. And people are starting to say, all right, why, why can't I get people right now? Why can't I keep people right now? Why is my business struggling right now? Why are my people fighting? And, mm-hmm. and so it all points back to leadership, right? The success of that team is dependent on the leadership. Where else have you seen leadership fail? over the last 35 years. Where do you see people screw up this leadership thing? Mainly, it goes back to what I was saying before, really. I mean, where I see it fail a lot is just people not giving people what they need. I mean, even, even, your, even your supervisors that you've got looking after, you have to make sure that they are treating their guys the way they need to be treated and giving them what they need. Because you could have a problem there, not really the employees. No. I've been on jobs before, and I've, I've had problems before. And, it, you know, I think I've got a, a problem with my employee. But it really could be a supervisor. Mm-hmm. Not talking to them right. I mean, or not, not you know, not, not treating them like they should be treated. And, you know, that sounds so simple, but that is, that, that's the crux of the problem. That's the base of it, right? It, it really is, because exactly. your employees want to be treated good. You know, if you treat them good, they'll do their job. They'll do it properly if you give them the right training. But uh, you know, I've had I've had instances where, honestly, where I, I thought I had a problem with an employee, and come out, it's, come to find out, it's a supervisor. You had a problem with your leader. Your leader's not, because I expect my leaders, and I expect my project managers, I expect anybody that's over my employees to treat them like I would treat them. Mm-hmm. And, and if they don't, that's a problem with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, believe, I believe in treating people the right way. Well, and then if you do that, they're going to give you everything they got. They're going to give you 110%. You're going to get more than their backs and hands. You're going to get their heart they will. when you treat them right. Yeah, they will. They'll give you 110%. And, and, uh, but, but if you don't, they won't. And then they'll end up leaving. And there it is, right there. Yeah. You want to run a successful company and grow it and, and have a 35-year career? Treat people right. I think that's the basis of, of why we're all here. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know it's, it's, it's easy to say, but, you know, I remember whenever I first entered the workforce, different generation, different time, different boss, you know, different. You know, they, we called them bosses. I hate the word boss. Yeah. I like it. That's the way it was. That's, yeah. that's the word but they We called them you, boss, yeah. and, and, and it was, <laughs> you do this, and we did it because they said do it. You know, right. now you need to explain why we do it this way. And, and you know, we've got to change with that. We've got to move and, and evolve that way, I think. To, yeah, you to never asked why. Yeah, you didn't ask if you why, asked the you boss why, yeah. they would have they're exploded. Yeah, yeah. Don't ask why. Just do it. Just do uh, it. Yep. Do do what I say, yep. and that's the way it's going to be. And that's the way it used to be. There's a, there's a right you, way, a wrong way, and my way. That's, that's, that's the way it was. And back then, yeah, it, was, it was mostly my way back then. But, but you, you didn't you challenge can, it. No, no, because mm-hmm. if you did, you lost your job. Yeah. yeah. 
Or you was going to quit one or the other. And you toted a cussing around before you lost your job. Well, sometimes, yeah. sometimes it might not even be a cussing. It might be worse than that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the way we had back short in the days. fuses back in the day, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yes, we Things did. have changed a lot, though, since then. You can't, you can't treat people like that. No. Tim, you, uh, you have a great deal of wisdom. And you and I love that, right. uh, and, and that respect that I told you our team has for you comes because uh, they know you have that wisdom, and you're always pouring into people, and you're treating people the way you do. So we're gonna we're gonna let you uh, hang out in that space for a little bit. We're gonna ask you to be Doctor Phil a oh little my. bit, Doctor <laughs> Tim. Do you watch? Do you watch Doctor Doctor Phil? No, I do not. I don't either. <laughs> but I know pretty much what he does. I yeah. know what he does, yeah. but I don't watch him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep. So we've got some questions. You, you, you got questions from some some people out in the field that uh, wanted to. Yeah, this this game is is actually called. Uh, I'm going to be frank with you. I'm going okay. to <laughs> see what we there did there. I'm going to be frank with you right now. It, it would blow your mind with that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, okay, go ahead. Our research team, boy, they own it. Y'all do a lot of research. There's no telling what you have on that list right there. All right, so, so Tim, I, I'm struggling with a teammate. Wait, you you, you got to pull the question out of the hat. Oh, okay, okay. Wait a minute. I got to pull the question out. This, this okay. actually came from. These are questions yeah. that that were submitted by people That's out right. in the field. I was I was looking at this. Yeah. It's on be on the blooper reel. Man, you about blew that up. I did. Appreciate that. You rock. <laughs> hey, um, so this comes from Maria, and it says, you pull up on a job site, your team is sitting around watching another crew work and refuses to help them. What would you do, and how would you handle this situation? If I pull up on a job site, and this is the way I operate, I pull up on a job site and somebody is refusing to help. And this just happened the other day on one of my job sites. I am going to immediately get out of my truck and we're going to have a meeting on that job site right then and explain to everybody what their job is and who's in charge on that job. And we're either going to start doing our job or somebody's going to go to the house. Mm. Now, I not putting up with that. I don't no. micromanage my people. I don't stay on top of them. I let them do their job. And I treat them like I want to be treated. But if I have employees that's not doing their job, we're going to have a talk about it. We're going to have a talk. And I'm going to be nice about it. But, you know, put, you've, got, you've got to let people know who's in charge. Oh. And they have a job to do. And if, if they don't want to be a team player, and be part of the team, then they're going to go to the house. How do you respond when somebody says, that's not my job? <laughs> you ever heard that before? That, I think I have heard that. Nerve. Yeah. I have heard, I have heard that before. Yeah. And I explained, I, you know, explained to them that, that that is their job. If it's not their job, then it's not their job. Yeah. But everybody that works for me, and I'm sure any company, they know what their job is. Yeah. And they've been, you know, and that's part of the, the training we give them. Uh, they know if they're not doing this, uh, like like when we're, if we're drilling, we have we have when we're drilling and blasting, 
the guys that are drilling when we load it, if we've got a big shot to load the drillers when they're done drilling they know that their job is to help stem holes carry dynamite whatever that's why we have them approved with the atf so they can handle the dynamite and stuff and help out with the powder crew the guys doing the blasting so tim i i'm unless unless us push into that a little bit or let's drill, we'll drill into let's it. drill let's into drill it. into it yeah okay all right <laughs> uh, so there you know in a lot of ways your job your what you do what you are i don't feel like this is your job i feel like this is what you are um and and how you lead people um i think probably what y'all do together and and i'm gonna land the plane here in a minute um you got to have a lot of things to make something go boom, right? You mm -hmm. got to have a lot. You got to to make stuff blow up. But it, you got to have a lot of things also in leadership to bring people where they need to be brought to. Yeah, I think that's yep. Yeah. There's a lot of comparison there. That uh, and, and, I, and I tell and I tell my guys all the time. I, I would never ask someone to do something I wouldn't do myself. Yeah. Exactly. That, that was what I was going to say. I cannot see you stepping out and saying, that's not my job. No. If I need to get out, if, if I need to get out and work on a yeah. job and we're, we're late on shooting a shot or doing something, if I need to help out, I'll be glad to help out. Yeah, that's I'm, one of the things I've noticed about Brian. I mean, you, Brian pulls out on job site and he sees somebody not doing something, he'll throw his boots on. It's hard hat and best, and he'll get right there in the mud with them. Yeah, if we're short of help or something, whatever the case, I no. mean, I don't mind helping out and doing, regardless of uh, me owning the company, I'm glad to get out there and get dirty just like anybody else. There you go. That's a good question, Maria. Thank you for doing that. We got another one? Yeah, let me dig into my repertoire here. There you go. This one's a little bit more explosive. See here, how do you this? What this comes from Spencer? Okay, how do you motivate teammates that seem disinterested in their jobs? Oh, that's a tough one. That disengaged, disinterested employee, how you motivate them? Well, you know, I just try to talk to the guys. If somebody's not motivated in their job, you know, I, I try to give them what they need, you know, the right equipment to work with, like we talked about before. But, uh, you know, and just I talk to them and just try to explain to them, you know, just to, to stay at it, keep going at it. We'll give you the training that you need. And, uh, you know, anything I can do really to get them interested in their job i mean that's got to be hard though. It, it's a hard it, it's hard to do when somebody's not interested in their job uh you can't it's sometimes it's you can't help someone that don't want to help themselves that's it you want it more than they want it yeah and um you, you have to have somebody that's willing to learn yeah and and they're in as you know there's some people just they're disinterested and they're not they're not wanting to help themselves yeah but on the same hand I, not everybody's going to be Tim Franks. Not everybody's going to give that level of passion to their job. You're not going to find uh, 20 team members that all have your level of motivation. That's right. Yeah. And that, that's 
I struggle with that. Like I want everybody to be just as excited about it and just as passionate about it as I am. And that's that's hard to find, especially when you're the owner and founder of your company. Yeah. And I and I want people to be excited to work for me. I don't want them to be happy with their job. And you just, you know, I try to talk to them and and. You just love on them. Love on them and treat them well. <laughs> I mean, love on them. I like that. There it is. Yep. Love on them and you treat them well and you give them, you try to give them anything they can, you can, you know, to a certain extent to, to make life better for them. And there you go, Spencer. You just love on them. Yeah. See, a lot of love, Spencer. There. It's a lot of love. <laughs> yeah. See, whenever, whenever I find it hard not to be motivated about blowing stuff up. Yeah. It's just yeah. Yeah. Oh, yep. That would be exciting. Like to do that for a living, that would be a blast. Just oh to, yeah. Blows my mind though how how you know some folks wouldn't be motivated for that. And right. and honestly, my, and pretty much all the guys that work for us, they love their job, and they love the explosive part of it, and they, they love doing what they do, what they do. I bet. I bet they do. You got another one? I do. I do. This one's a long one, so you're gonna have to bear with me a little bit. Um, it's time to add, this comes from Brian I'm sorry I keep forgetting the, this comes from Brian um, it's time to add a new role to your growing company you have three people that have asked to be considered who would you choose and why a hard working 10 year long employee a 2 year long employee that displays the better quality and is right for the position or a younger outside hire that checks all the boxes what a great question that's what a good a question, question. so you've got the person that's been there with you for 10 years, ten years yep. you got the person that's fairly new with the company but is showing a little bit more potential yep. uh, for that role and then you got somebody that comes in from the outside well honestly i mean i try to look at seniority and and move the guys up. That's what I try to do. But on the other hand, I have brought people in with that hasn't been with the company as long, but had more experience and was willing to learn where the other guys were just content in doing the job that they had. Yeah. And they weren't willing to learn. And I and I've used the guy that might have been with me two years instead of ten. So basically, a combination of I, I've yeah. done I've done both. I mean, I really yeah, there's situations where all those work. it depends well, on your background. I mean, tenure had a that, that was a big part of who got that next. Oh, absolutely promotion. Yes. Yep, yep. And you knew basically in 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 emergency services, you knew whether you had enough time to put in for it or not. And you know, everybody would be like, "Are you putting in for the job?" And if you didn't have enough time, they wouldn't even ask you. Mm -hmm. you know, are you putting in for the job or not? I try to. I usually try to do what's best for the company as a whole, and you know, and what's best for the employees. Yeah. You know, and as you know, sometimes when you move somebody ahead of somebody else, it's not as you know. Even though they're not interested, and you move somebody ahead, sometimes it can cause a disrupt. You know, bad, bad feelings and disruption in the company. Yeah. That's and, you, and you have to try to overcome that. It's it's a tough especially situation. a two year guy just got the job over a ten year guy. Yeah. 
That's a but that's a, a ten year guy. You know, if he's not interested and he just has shown no interest in. Yeah, my I mean, mindset is I'm putting the best player on the field. Yeah, I try to. That's, that's, that's what I say. I try to do what's best for the company. I'm gonna put and, it's, and it's not a one size fits all. Yeah, yeah exactly. You've been here too. But you're the better player. You you you're showing more than the guy that's been here ten. This, and yeah, the guy going to play the best player. The guy that's been here two years, a team player. He he's been he's showed up. He's he's willing to learn, where the other guys might not be. And I and I do what's best for the company. And and I got I got I got to drill into that too. How do you bring that to your team? Whenever you make that decision, how do you? How do you broadcast that to your team? I usually have a meeting with my guys mm-hmm. and explain to them what we're doing, the changes that we're doing, the changes we're making. Okay. And usually try to take any questions that anybody has, any concerns, and try to address it up front right then yep. to solve problems down the road out in the field. That's good. That's good cause you, because you get if you want to why. Right yeah, 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 because if you just throw somebody out there, if you just throw somebody out there and none of the other guys knows what's going on and all of a sudden this guy's got a promotion and he's telling us what to do now, that can go backwards quick. Oh, yeah. Then you're trying to unwind it and then you've got, you've got, uh, you've got a potential problem. Got a bird nest. You sparked I, something. Yep. I mean, we recently – we used to do our own blasting and then we subbed a lot of the blasting out, and now we're about to do our own blasting again. And I'm actually – we're actually having to have a meeting here pretty soon. I'm going to have a company meeting so that uh, everybody understands that these – you know, my blasters. Uh, rule number one in blasting is the blasters always in charge. And these guys have to listen to what these guys say because mm-hmm. if they don't, something can go bad quick. Yeah. And so I've got to explain to these guys. I'm getting ready to have a meeting so I can explain to these guys. These guys are in charge. And, you know, you need to listen to what they're saying. And in time, you're on a shot. No matter how much seniority you have over them, you need to do what these guys say. Yeah. Yeah, that's a life or death situation there. But I try to address it up front and, and uh, to solve problems in the field going down the road. We had um, we this question actually just came in. Um, this came from uh, Brock. Okay, you know Brock. I've heard that name before. Yeah. So Brock, he, what, what's his Brock's question? Uh, and he wants you to be franks with him. Uh, he says, when when awarded a project by Hoopa Grading Company, and you discover there's not enough money to cover the rock, but the PM is trying to stay within his budget. How do you how do you handle that? I usually just go back to Brock and tell him I need more money. Yeah, sorry Brock, about your luck. I'm sorry, Brock. I, you know, I didn't take this job. You took the job. There you go, <laughs> Brock. <laughs> sorry about your luck. Yeah. No, I usually try to work with you guys. I try to work with Brock any way I can. Well, thank you a- for anytime, working with Brock. Anytime that, uh, <laughs> anytime Brock or Paul Meckes, any of the guys are in a bind on the job uh we try to work with you any way we can to try to keep you within budget yeah no you do a great job and i'm I'm trying to do that with brock on a job right now actually 
So are you? Oh, so this yeah. is this is not hypothetical. This is real life, right? This is real life stuff right now. <laughs> well, thank you for putting up with Brock. Thank you for all that you do for our team, Tim. You uh, you've got a great story, and you should be very proud of the success you've had. I know your team enjoys your leadership. Um, I've had a blast. Yeah, I have too. I've I've, I've had a real good time. My mind is blown. How you got started on everything? Well, Borrowing that money from his mother-in-law. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just like to say I can't. I can't thank. I can't thank Paul Graden enough for everything y'all do for us. I appreciate everything you do. Brock McDonald does. Paul Mackus, Grayson Glover, Brian McManus, everybody, all the employees. Because if it wasn't for all of y'all, we wouldn't be the company we are today. Y'all been a big success uh, to us. Well, Tim, thank us. you for saying that. And, and uh, that's one of, the, one of the best companies we've ever worked for, hands right. down. Probably the best company. I think the feeling's and, mutual there, don't you? Yeah, and I just want everybody to know, we did not pay Tim to say that on this podcast right here. So. No, you didn't say it, but I, I tell you all the time. Yeah, and, and thank it's, you. And I'm thank telling you the truth. We, we appreciate everything that you do for us. Well, Tim, you rock. Uh, we, we really appreciate you and um, – Appreciate you trusting us enough to come on the podcast and tell your story. Well, thank you. Appreciate you having me. Now you can no longer say you've never done a podcast. My first podcast. You can, hey, things change from here, man. You won't be able to walk around without people recognizing yeah. I, you. I don't know if I'm going to be able to let Brock McDonald hang out with me anymore. Yeah. I wouldn't. We were planning on going on a trip here pretty soon, but we may have to leave him behind because I don't know if he's high enough to stay up with us anymore what you gonna after do? this podcast. What you going to do about all that paparazzi and stuff trying to get your picture? When you go get in your car and all that. What you I, do I don't know that? what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to be escorted to the car, yeah. and y'all keep them away from oh, me. Yeah. This story is definitely going to blow up. <laughs> so, Tim, thank you so much for being with us. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, Russ. Thank you, buddy. Brandon, thank you so much. All right.